Hi, welcome to the Soul Journer Podcast, where you get to reclaim your confidence and clarity holistically through the many facets that make you, you. Let's create the life our souls have been craving. I'm your host, Amberly Ann Drake. Let's journey on. Sojourners, I am so excited to have Jennifer Robertson here today. She is a fertility mentor and coach. She is incredible. We connected through Shannon Rose, and her story is just remarkable, and I'm so excited to have her on with us today. So Jennifer, how did you get to be here? And just share with us a little bit of your story and what we're going to be chatting about today. Yeah, for sure. So my, I guess my big story and how I got to become a fertility mentor and coach is my own fertility journey. So it began about 10 years ago. You know, I met my husband, we decided to get married as you do. And on our honeymoon, we decided that we would start trying for a baby. And I'm such a planner. I was like, this is going to happen. It's going to be fine. I had it timed perfectly. And then it didn't happen. And so after about six months of us trying to have a baby and it not happening, um, we went and got some help, some fertility help. And then we went down the path of, of IVF. Because, I mean, I was 33 at the time and in fertility years, I guess that's quite ancient. Um, looking back now, it doesn't seem that old, but so we went down that path and we went down IVF and, and we tried, we did a cycle and it did not take, but we got to the point of, of embryos. So we had embryos and then it just, we found out that I didn't have a lining on my uterus. So our fertility, you know, specialist kind of gave up on me and never returned my calls because she said that she was going to try to work out how we could actually thicken up my lining. And um, so that was a little bit disheartening, but we went on our merry way and we Googled and we did all of the things. We um, had a look at homeopaths and we tried acupuncture and we tried different diets and things like that. And eventually we found another fertility specialist and they did, you know, exploratory surgeries. We tried all of these different things and nothing worked. And eventually they came to me and said, the only way that you're going to have a baby naturally is through surrogacy. Mm -hmm. So we had been on this journey to try to conceive a baby for probably about a year by then when we got delivered this news. And it was it was heartbreaking, you know, because as a a woman, you know, I'd always dreamed of, of having a baby. I'd always dreamed of actually carrying a baby myself, and so we had to come to terms with that. And I was very lucky that my sister in law selflessly put up her hand and said, "I will have a baby for you," mm-hmm. and that was just such an amazing thing. And, and so we were like, great, this is what we're going to do. And the plan had changed. And so um, surrogacy in Australia is not, it's not commercial. So you can't pay someone to actually do it for you. And mm. it's a very legal process. So it took us about six months of lawyers and counselling and things like that before we got the green light to, to be able to go through the surrogacy route. And, um, and once we got all of that signed up, we were like, great, this is going to happen. 
and then it didn't happen. So we ended up going through nine IVF cycles. It took us two years. Um, Renee had a miscarriage in among that, which was absolutely heartbreaking because we were bringing her along on this journey. Like she was just out of the goodness of her heart, just doing this for us. Mm -hmm. But we had caused her all of this pain. So that was a huge guilt that we had. And, um, and so she had the miscarriage and then we had a break and then we picked ourselves up and we kept on going. And then a couple of cycles later, she fell pregnant again and this one stuck. So Luca was born. He's now five years old, our little, a little angel. And, and so that was amazing. It was the most amazing experience, but I guess I still in the back of my mind had this, this grief, you know, and, and that's what a fertility journey is all about. It's about you. It's about you grieving because you had this picture in your head of how things were going to turn out. And then when it doesn't, you have to almost break up with that, that idea. It's like losing this part of yourself that you thought that would, you know, just happen naturally. And so, I mean, we were grateful. We were so grateful that we had this little baby and, and all of that, but I felt like I'd missed out on so much as well. You know, I didn't get to, I didn't, I didn't get to feel him kick or, or all of the things that everyone else gets to do. And so are you going to cry? <laughs> Maybe, I don't know, maybe a little bit. <laughs> I am. <laughs> you can't see the video, but I am a little choked up. Um, this is supposed to be empowering. <laughs> it just, it, you keep on going. You just keep okay. on going. <laughs> right. And so, you know, it was this amazing time. We'd gone from having, you know, a family of two. We were now a family of three. We'd finally got off the, the fertility roller coaster. We were living out happily ever after. And then I fell pregnant naturally two weeks later. Stop it. Yeah, I know. Your I know. story is taking me on an emotional roller coaster. I was not prepared. <laughs> Well, well, you said stop it. That's not the words that I said when that happened. It <laughs> like, was, yeah. You were were yeah. you excited? Like, or were you like terrified? It was a combination <laughs> because up until that point, I'd never fallen pregnant before. I'd never seen two lines on a on a pregnancy test, and I had taken a lot of pregnancy tests in those those five years, yeah. and so. Um, so yeah, it was like this amazing thing. And there was also that element of guilt as well, because I had just put my sister-in-law through two years of, of the most horrible things that, that you could have possibly put a human being through and, and then childbirth. And then all of a sudden, two weeks later, I had to say, well, actually, sorry, uh, turns out I could do it myself after all. And so it, that was probably one of the, the biggest moments for me that I always reflect on and think because we pushed so hard. Up until that point, we were pushing and pushing and pushing. And then all of a sudden, we took a step back and stopped focusing on it so much. And we just, we just started living our life as we wanted to live it. And then all of a sudden it just, it's like my body just went, Oh, is that what we're supposed to be doing? Because I've been so stressed for three, three years trying to, you know, do something that you were trying to force me to do that all of a sudden it happened. So 
it was it was this guilt it was this absolute amazement it was terror i had a two week old baby and i was pregnant and so you know scary enough the thought of being a mum of one but being a mum of two so close together it was terrifying but it was an absolute dream you know like i could just the feeling of having an actual baby inside of me was this amazing thing. But then I think it was, it was about five or six weeks later, I, I had a miscarriage. And so that was, that was just to go from such a high to such a low. And I, and I would be honest with you, I was, it's probably the angriest I've ever been because I had finally gotten myself off of this roller coaster for three years. I'd finally got my happily ever after and I couldn't completely be happy because I had this newborn baby in my arms and I was mourning the loss of another one. Mm-hmm. And I think until you've been through a miscarriage, like you, you can't fully grasp what it is. And it's something that we don't talk about either as women. It's like this shame thing it's an embarrassment, it's, but it's so completely common. One in four pregnancies actually result in, in a miscarriage. And we go into ourselves and think, what did I do wrong? And, we, and we're, you know, it's like this blame thing. It's a shame thing. Mm-hmm. And so I finally got through that. I'm not quite sure how I got through it. To be honest with you, it was a bit of a blur. Um, but well, I got you had a new at home, so. <laughs> yeah. But I guess what it gave me was hope. And I think sometimes we need to have the really, really tough times in order to, to give us hope that we can get out of it and that there is somewhere that we can go. And for us, it gave me hope that, well, yeah, I can fall pregnant. So all of the doctors who told me that there was a 0.001% chance of me ever falling pregnant. Well, they were wrong. And so it gave me now this perspective of, well, just don't believe everything that every single doctor tells you. There, there is always just that little glimmer of hope. And so that was such a beautiful thing. And so, you know, I, I, we went back to living our beautiful life, our family of three and, um, and in the back of my mind, like I was secretly trying, but I wasn't telling my husband because I knew that if this happened once, it could happen again. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so we just kept on along. And then six months later, I fell pregnant again and this one stuck. And now we have our little Sophie who is three and a half years old now. So it just kind of, it was like this huge, huge journey that we went on, but it was something that. I never really embraced it. You know, I always, I always had that feeling of, you know, I would tell people and they would go, that's an amazing story, but I didn't like it. It was, for me, it was just this seven year period where I had sacrificed everything to, to have a baby. And I mean, it still chokes me up, but, but it consumed me, you know, and, and it wasn't, it wasn't until we actually told Luca that he was born via a surrogate because I, I, I still had this thing of, well, you know, um, like I couldn't do it myself. I had to, I had to outsource it. And so um, when we finally told him, it was the most amazing thing. It was the most freeing thing because it was like this secret and, 
And I thought, if he's okay with it, I can be okay with it. And I got to the stage where he was getting to that age and we'd always, we'd always said that we would tell him. And so he got to that age where it was like people, you know, he was seeing, you know, women with babies in their tummies and, and he was talking about, oh, is there a baby in your tummy, mummy? And, you know, like, no, no, no. And, and eventually one day he, he said to me, mummy, was I in your tummy? And I was like, oh God, there's no escaping here. I, I can't actually, you know, divert this question anywhere. And I just turned to him and said, well, no, Luca, you weren't in my tummy because my tummy was broken, but you were in Annie Renee's tummy. And, and she, she grew you inside her and then mummy's tummy fixed itself. And then Sophie was in my tummy and, and my husband and I were both in the car with him at the time. And, and there was like this pause, you know, this anticipation of what is this going to mean? And he just looked at us and went, okay. (laughs) And just started babbling about something else. And I just thought it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how we get to where we're going as long as we get there, you know, and I think we get so caught up on the process. I think we get so caught up on it has to be perfect, you know, and and in life, if we're starting a business, if we're, you know, building a house, if we have a job, it's like this picture that we have in our head that things just have to be perfect, but they don't, they just have to get done. And we just have to get that to that place where we're okay with a little bit of less than perfection. And so that was the moment where I was like, okay, this is a story. I can embrace it. And the more I went and, and actually accepted the story, the more I could then go back and, and see the good things that actually came out of it and the lessons that I learned. And you talk about, um, you know, we met through Shannon Rose, which is our coach. She was the one that kind of, because I got in her, her network because I was part of a multi-level marketing business. And I, I got to that point in my life where I just turned 40 and I was, I had now had two children and I wanted to work out a way that I could stay home with them mm-hmm. and fully appreciate them. And so I was part of this business and that's how Shannon got introduced to me. But at that same point, she dug a little di- bit deeper. And I think that's the importance of having a coach as well. They can allow you to see things that you wouldn't normally see. They allow you to dig a little bit deeper. They, you know, they ask you the questions that, that no one else would. And so we kept on digging and we got into this fertility. And that's where the fertility coach and mentoring kind of take, took hold. And I decided that I was going to write a book about my journey because that's, that was a huge part of the healing process for me because mm-hmm. I'd never really grieved on, on the journey. And so it's led me to the path that I am at now. And now as I'm helping other women through this same journey, I'm seeing all of the lessons that came out of it. And there are just so many, so many lessons in terms of not planning on giving ourselves some grace on, you know, just knowing how strong you are and knowing that, that you'll get back up no matter what. And, and it's about like, like I could, I could talk for hours on all of the lessons that kind of come out of it, but it wasn't until I started reflecting back that, that I thought it was actually a good thing. And while it was painful as hell, it was, it was life changing. 
Yeah, I love your story so much. I just like, I already respected and admired you so much, but hearing your entire story, just like it, I just am grateful to be in the presence of someone who has stood in the darkest pit and come up um, and come through it so powerfully. And so I see you and I, I respect you and I just, I respect you so much more now from hearing <laughs> your story. And, and there are women out there, like you said, one in four women are struggling, you know, have a miscarriage and, and there are women who are struggling with fertility. And so I, I, don't, I almost don't even have a question for you, but <laughs> I loved what you said. I just wanted to shed light on what you said about reflecting on what you had learned. Um, gosh, you said so much good stuff. I want to reflect on more than that. But like you, you talked about the fact that you resisted, you resisted your journey so much because you were so concerned about getting there to that mm -hmm. thing, to that perfect, like me being pregnant with a baby end goal that you weren't in, you weren't in it when you were in the journey. You just wanted the journey to be over. <laughs> um, yes. And that the only way that you ever like got clear on what you were in that journey for was by reflecting back. And so for the women who are in the journey right now, how would you, knowing now what you know, how would you do it differently while in the journey, being in that dark spot, in that dark place, how would you do it differently? Um, first of all, I, I would have asked for help because I didn't. And I saw asking for help as a sign of weakness. And mm -hmm. I thought, if I can just control this, if I can just work really hard at this, and that's what I was, I was raised by a single mom. And she taught me, if you work hard at something, you can achieve anything, but you can't with fertility. <laughs> Unfortunately, you can't. And so, you know, it would be, you don't have to travel this path alone. So if I could go back and tell myself one thing, that would be the main thing is put your hand up and ask for help. And, and it's not a matter of shame or anything like that. Um, it's the, the thing that, that really, really is important is that there are so many of us out there. And we can gain comfort from the fact that we're not, we're not alone in this journey. And the trying to conceive community is, it's, it's such a, a beautiful thing. I mean, we don't want to be in, the, in it. And I still say that I'm still in that community because I'm still dealing with the after effects of infertility. And so that community is such a beautiful thing because we support each other and we encourage each other. It's not like the corporate world where, you know, everyone's trying to climb over each other. We are all in it together and we're all supporting each other. So it's a matter of reaching out to everyone who's in that and gaining comfort from the fact that you, you're absolutely not alone and because it was such an isolating journey for me. So that would be probably one of the, the biggest things that I took out of it. Um, the, the other thing was that it's okay to stop and mm -hmm. reflect and feel and grieve 
because we get to that point where we're just like, we're so focused on the end goal that it just completely consumes us. And we stop doing the things that are really important to us. We stop, we stop hanging out with our friends because it's painful. You know, if they've got children, we isolate ourselves from them. We sometimes don't want to talk about it. And then sometimes we do. And then sometimes we want to be comforted. And then sometimes we don't. And we can never find that happy medium. And so hanging out with our girlfriends can sometimes be really painful. So we pull ourselves away from that. There are so many things that, that stop us from you know, just being us, you know, we, we stop going for walks because it messes with our fertility treatment. We stop, we just stop doing all of the things that made us us. We put holidays on hold because, well, we've got a cycle that's coming on and so we better not do that. So all of the things that we love doing, we stop doing. And then eventually what happens is we completely lose ourselves. So one of the big things that I wish I had done was, still do the things that I wanted to do. But instead, fertility consumed absolutely everything. But what we can do is we can, we can actually exist, not inside fertility, but it can just be a part of, it can be a part of our life, but it doesn't need to be all of it. Sorry, that was a really long-winded explanation for that. No, that was beautiful. Um, I love what you said about raising your hand. And then knowing too that raising your hand for help, um, asking for help from the right sources. I have seen a lot of women who are like, Oh, I went to my like old high school friend for support. And it's like, okay, well, (laughs) how is Susie doing really? Like, I mean, or going to your mom or going to someone who's too close to it. And what you said about the community, asking for help from the community of women who actually understand where you are and what you're going through. Because as someone who I don't understand the fertility journey, I have not tried to get pregnant before. Um, And I have not tried, I have not wanted to be pregnant before. So I don't know what that feels like. And so I may not be the best support system for you, but Jennifer will be because she has stepped through this and so raising your hand and getting help from the right sources I like that you you brought shed light on that like step into communities with women who are on the same journey as you are so that you can step into that community and not feel alone Mm. and then like you said just like going back to doing I think that this is important for women period whether you're trying to get pregnant or you're not when we want something I know that I struggle with going after it a hundred thousand percent and it completely consumes me and it becomes what I'm working towards all of the time and I get obsessed with it and maybe it's just our personalities it could be but I stop being and I am just doing and when I get to that place of realizing it and um I have quite a few times in my life got to the point where it's like I don't even know what am I doing here like why why am I doing this if I just don't like my life at all anymore? Like I, I've done all of these things. Like you said, you did all of these things to try to get pregnant, but you hated the life that you were living while trying to do it because you were uncomfortable. And there are all these things that you put everything that was making you happy in your life on hold for the thing that you thought was going to make you happier. Yeah. And so 
getting back to being present in our lives is I think a lesson that we can all learn. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're so right. It's not, it's just life. You know, life has become so, I hate the word busy, but it's just become so full and we all want something now. And it just gets to that point where work is the most dominant thing or, you know, all of these things, priorities get piled on top of us and we forget doing for us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like we need to pour into ourselves number one first. And, you know, and I saw a live that you did the other day about, you know, being there for other people, but you were so right. You need to be there for you first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like we show up so big for everyone else. And though the way that we treat ourselves is the blueprint for the way the rest of the universe is going to respond to us. Mm-hmm. And if we're not able to have our own back, like no one is going to show up to tap you out of your race. Like you have this race that you're running. No one else is showing up for us to tap us out. Like it's the race that mm-hmm. we're in and we have to be willing to have our own backs. And if we're not, we're going to feel that. I know that I struggled with a lot of resentment. It's like, I'm the one who showed up for everyone else really big. Like I'm the one with the casserole and the moving truck. And like, I'm the one who showed up with all those things. And though when it really came down to it and I was in the darkest of darkest places, I walked through that really pretty much alone. And though the lesson that I had to learn through that was like, I didn't have my own back. So why would anyone else? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's why it's so important, you know, why we've both invested in a coach as well, because, you know, number one, it's investing in ourselves, but it's also, it's so easy to forget that. It's so easy to forget to, to take care of ourselves until we have someone else in our head or on a call each week going, well, what did you do for yourself this week? You're like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes we need to, yeah. Sometimes (laughs) we need to have someone that calls us out because we don't, we get so absorbed in, as you said, what we're doing. Well, I I explain coaching kind of like a mirror. So like I I have a mirror that is, she's showing me a mirror of myself and she's kind of like, is this what you want this to look like? And it's like, dang it. Now that you kind of call that out, no, I don't. (laughs) And yes, I know what I should do about it. Or yes. no, I don't know what to do about it. Tell me. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm ready. Lay it on me. Yeah. <laughs> but that, um, that, willingness to, that willingness to gamble on ourselves did not come from nowhere. Mm-hmm. It really, it was something I'm sure that you had to get to, that you had to, um, to step into. And so mm-hmm. it's, I, under, I fully understand that not everybody is ready to like invest in a coach and to, to take that step, although I believe that it's good for everyone. But it took something for me to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm literally willing to roll the dice on myself all day, every day, because I know that if I'm investing in me, it's the only investment that's never going to fail. Because I, yeah. I and trust. I'm, I'm fortu- yeah. And I'm and unfortunately, we usually wait until we hit rock bottom in order to do that, in order to ask for help, in order to invest in ourselves, in order to do all of the things it takes us to, to reach rock bottom, unfortunately. I mean, but that's just a fact of life. It's easier to push up from the bottom, whereas if you're just floating around, you just kind of float around for quite some time. And, and, yeah. and that's what I feel my fertility journey was. I floated. I floated for seven years. Mm-hmm. And we, we feel like... 
as long as we're moving, we're good. Mm. And it's not until we get really, really stuck that we're like, oh, something's wrong. But we can be moving in all the wrong directions. But it's yeah. like, we're, we're good. I'm, I'm in motion. So it's like, it's good. And then when we hit that, like, F it all moment where you're like, nothing is working. I'm completely stuck. All of the things, all of the emotions that come with that, we're willing to say, okay, like, obviously things aren't going the way I want them to. I need help. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love this conversation so much. This has been really enlightening. Um, I want to kind of just open this up to an affirmation just from what we've talked about. Um, do you have an affirmation for the listeners? Um, yeah, I guess the, what my journey taught me was that I was stronger than I thought. And now every time I go back and I think I got through that, I can get through anything. So I guess the affirmation that I love is I am stronger than I think. Mm. And I think, you know, that that's something that we can all hold to as well because it's not until times get really tough that, and we pull ourselves out that we can actually look back, but we usually don't look back and reflect and go, wow, I really did that. And that's something that's really important as well to reflect back and go, okay, how far have I come and what did I get through and celebrating the fact that we actually get through those really, really tough times. So our strength is just absolutely amazing. And, and the ladies that I coach, I just, I'm completely in awe of them as well because they get up every single day and they do the do and they're on this really, really tough journey, but they show up every single day. And so that strength, I just, it just blows my mind. Yeah. I, I, I totally see that. I see that in you. And then I'm just so grateful to see women who are willing to step into being led and leading themselves really powerfully. Mm -hmm. um, no matter what life looks like, because we're all in journeys of our own. And so tell us your affirmation one more time. I am stronger than I think. I love it. Lay it on us. What are you up to? What's coming up for you? Where can we find you on the internet and get into all of your, all of your things, your, your Facebook group, your Instagram, all of that. Sure. Well, this is a really great timing because on Monday the 13th, I'm kicking off the Fertile Minds Summit, which I'm so proud of. It is seven women who are coming into my private Facebook community called Your Fertility Haven. And they are seven women who have been through, whether it's fertility or not, they have been through their own journeys and they have lifted themselves up using all of the things that we need to be doing. Like it's all about mindset and standing in our power. So they're going to come into the community. They're going to share their stories. They're going to share the lessons that they learned. And it's all designed to guide and support women who are on their fertility journey and inspire them to, to take that step up and inspire them that they can just put one foot in front of the other and they can actually make something good come out of this really, really tough time. So it's for seven days. It's, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm so proud of it. I'm in awe of the women. And this is what I love about 
just the business community as well. We are all so selfless and, and we're all willing to support each other and, and come into each other's groups. And I just, I find it really, really beautiful. So I'm really excited to, to present that. So if you do want to register for that, um, you can go to my website. I have a website that I've just launched, which is very exciting. So it's www.yourfertilityhaven.com. And on there, there's a way that you can register. And, um, and off the back of that as well, I do have a four-week coaching program that I am launching at the beginning of February. So they can do that. I do also one-on-one coaching or private coaching for those that, that want a little bit of extra support. And uh, yeah, so doing all the things, it's going to be a big, big, big year. And this year is the year that I am going to finish my book as well. Yay, I'm so excited. Let us, let us know when that comes out. Um, this is perfect timing. I'm so excited to be um, here with you and to be watching your journey. Um, kind of like sisters just kind of going on this journey together. Um, it's been really exciting to see your story and it unfold as you step into um, the summit with these amazing women and your group and all of the incredible clients that you have and that you're working with. So it's been awesome to have you today. Do you have any last nuggets of wisdom for us before you head out? Um, I guess, you know, apart from the being stronger than, than you think, it's just, you know, you just need to pour into yourself. Absolutely 100% pour into yourself first before anything else, you know, comes up. That is the most important thing. And that is the thing that usually goes by the wayside. If we get busy, that's the thing that falls off, but it is the most important thing that you can absolutely do. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. I am a hundred percent here for that. So thank you so much, Jennifer. Um, just that's it. That's all we've got for you guys. So let's say goodbye to the soul journeys. Bye. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, it was great. See y'all later.